MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And finally, before we get to the episode, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 86, the spookiest episode, because we're coming to you on the spookiest day of the year when there's ghosts and goblins and ghouls out there. So, of course, this episode has to be dedicated to the person we dedicate secretly dedicate every episode to. That would be the devil himself, of course. Hail Satan. <laughs> Uh, the person here laughing is my uh, satanic worshipping um, associate host, which we'll, we'll get to very, very shortly. I would be Jeff Fox. Hello. How you doing? Um, we had a really good night last night with our picks, so we want to get right down to it. And hopefully everyone listening tailed us on our picks and, and had a very good night also. Um, I'm talking about USC 267, of course. Um before we get to that, if you're listening, hopefully you're listening to us on our feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. If not, uh, make sure you subscribe to that because that's where you will get this podcast as soon as it drops rather than having to wait a day or two for it to uh, make its way onto SGPN because we have so much good content on that uh, feed that we have to have to wait a turn to get out there. All right. As for my uh, I, I satanic worshipping, unless he corrects me, I believe that's true, uh, worshipping associate host. Um, I think he's a flat earther too, because he didn't correct me on that when I mentioned that a few weeks ago. So I guess that that sticks too. Um, he is the only man who can go ten and four on his picks and still get his ass kicked by me. Um, what else can I tell you about him? Uh, he crawled out on Vulcan Ozdemir, uh branched and it snapped, and he broke his neck and got beat by me. So you may know him as the Danimal. Or Gumby, or as I call him on Twitter, Dumby, ha ha ha, for that pick he made. Um, he is the prettiest purple belt on the planet. He is son of, what's the name? Son of Ichabod. Ichabod. <laughs> Ichabod the Bear Whisperer. He's the one and only Daniel Vreeland. Hello, Mr. Vreeland. So a couple of things. First of all, viscerally, just as a reaction, I had less of a reaction to you saying that about me than saying the flat earther thing, which yep. uh, I don't know what that says about me as a as a human being, but that's the first thing. Second of all, we're going to get into talking about Vulcan Ozdemir. I'm still saying not the worst pick I've ever made. No, no, no. Um, and we'll talk about why in a second, because it, it was wrong, but in, in like... I would still say that if I saw the same Vulcan Ozdemir who fought 
Um, let's see, who 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 could we say he fought? Who fought Misha Serkinov? Who fought Dominic Reyes? Even the one who fought Anthony Smith, I think I would have taken to beat Magomed and Goliath in the way that Goliath fought last night. But the weird-ass version of Mulkin Ozdemir that sometimes shows up, like, against Goliath and Alexander Rachich and, like, I mean, I feel like it's come up a couple of times. It's just so weird, um, and it's bad. Uh, and as a result, he's somebody we now fade for the rest of our lives. There you go. Um yeah, it wasn't so much the pick; it was the um, your conviction and uh, emotion <laughs> behind emotion behind the pick. Which uh, it's mostly just because I was fading Ink Alive. I don't believe yeah. that. Like, in I saw a couple of people tweet afterwards, and and of course we'll get more into his fight when when this one comes up. I I, I saw a bunch of people tweeting like, "Oh, Ink Alive is instantly a title challenger." Were you impressed by him in that fight? Did you think like, "Oh, this guy"? Because uh, I watched it and I was like. This looks like a guy who knows how to barely do enough to win a fight against a guy who doesn't want to win. Oh boy, you're salty. So salty. <laughs> yes, he, he, he looked good. Not particularly dangerous, but he looked good. Um, if Dan sounds different, he is at an undisclosed location. Do you want to let people know where you are? Or you want to keep this yeah, a secret? Yeah, no, I, I can share. I'm, I'm at Game Five of the World Series right now, so by the time this hits this your ear. Uh, the Braves may or may not have clinched the World Series with me in attendance. So we've been making like Braves references, Braves references on this show for a while now, so it doesn't sound like I'm a bandwagon guy, which is kind nope. of nice. You've been, how long have you been a fan, Dan? Uh, I, I was a fan when my uh, Braves t-ball team, because uh, I was on the Braves for a t-ball team when I was three or four years old, uh, and then I found out the Braves were like a good baseball team, and then I could just root for the Braves in both t-ball and real baseball, and that was that was enough to sell four-year-old me. <laughs> that was right around the time where my Toronto Blue Jays were beating the Braves in the World Series, right? Uh, I think it would have already happened because that, okay. that was 90, 91, 91. That was 92, 92, 93 or 91, 92. Oh, I'm not a very good fan, am I? So, you, so yeah, I would have been, been three or four then. So, yeah, yeah. right around that yeah. time. No, have you uh, – more? most important question, have you been practicing your racist – uh, taunts and shops and everything down. Oof, oof. oof, there's my first oof. There you go. We needed an oof to kick off the All episode. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, no comments. On yeah, the, I'm not going to get Dan into uh, trouble. No, I got him enough trouble. <laughs> oh, he's saying he's he worships Satan and the earth is flat. So, what we probably should get get the fights because Dan has some. Uh, do they tailgate at these things? Dan has tailgating. I don't, to do, I, don't, I don't know what they do. I've never been to Truist Park. This is going to be my first time to Truist Park, which is a hell of a time to get a first yeah. uh, first crack at it. But, uh, yeah, so I've never been to it, so me and the missus are going to uh, check in there as soon as we finish this episode and edit it and kick it out real quick, and then I will see, maybe I'll report back on Wednesday, which, by the way, you yes. should listen to Wednesday's show as well. <laughs> For definitely you should. All right, you also should go to WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? <laughs> WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Not Georgia where Dan is, so unfortunately Dan cannot get into win bet right now. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, if that's not enough, they've got some bonuses for you. We've got some bonuses for you. New users can bet $1 to win 180 sport. Plus, you, I'm talking about you, can get up to 1500 bucks as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Wow. Uh, whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. So the math on that would be if you bet 100, 
you get $200 free bet. Max wager is 750 bucks for that, so we they'll match it 1500 bucks. And Dan is going to use his bonus on betting the Braves to win the World Series tonight, right, Dan? Nope we we never jinx we never jinx them in such a way. <laughs> I know I, I always try to I jinx them for game what two was it when I jinxed you, them yeah. you did jinx them for game two. Well, I'm trying was, not uh... to say too much. <laughs> uh, but WinBet they got great promos odds and payouts are happening right now over at WinBet for boosted parlays to live in game odds on every major sport we. We have, or they have, what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. All right. Um, UFC 267, fun event. Um, lots of, actually had some things that actually matter for change. We Usually we just talk about meaningless fights, whether they're fun or, or not fun, but... Whether we made money or not money off it, but there actually was some consequential um, fights last night, including someone winning about inexplicably. Uh, Glover Teixeira is second in oldest. Notice they kept saying he's the second oldest UFC champion ever, but they will not mention who the oldest is because yeah, because he's, he's, he's related to PFL and was he yeah, Bell- and they, he's Bellator for a little while, or at least he. He was doing promotional work for Bellator, yep. right? He was Fight Master. Yeah. Oh, Fight yeah, Master. He, remember Fight Master? Yeah, I do. I never watched it, but yes, I remember the you name. Know, yeah, he won Fight Master? Fun, fun, you, fun tangent here. You probably know. It's like tough, so you would know. Who? It, Joe Diesel Riggs. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, I do kind of remember that. It's true. No, I think the main reason is Couture is one of those fighters who actually has a, a backbone and will stand up to the UFC, and as, he, as he's done over the years, so... He is uh, persona non grata on the telecast, as is mentioning fighters with COVID. They just mentioned that they have health issues, struggles. Like Amanda Rebus had health struggles, and um, Chimeyev had health struggles. But, yeah, so uh, it, it's getting like WWE, like they have Vince McMahon in the air telling them what, what they're allowed to say. So you're not allowed to say, Randy Couture, you're not allowed to say that someone actually got COVID. They probably got COVID from going to your events, so. But other than that, yeah. So uh, back to Glover. Um, yeah, wow. Like we keep mentioning how old he is, but I think I pointed out last podcast he's only four years older than than the man he beat, Jan Blockowitz. So Jan Blockowitz. There's a lot of um, misconceptions about him. First, like that he's young and he's not. He's 38, which isn't really young for a fighter. And heavier weight class is not a big deal. Plus, um, he likes to um, state that he has Polish, uh, famous Polish power, but he really doesn't. Eight knockouts in like 28 wins. He's got more submissions than knockouts. So he was talking about how his Polish power left him uh, yesterday, but he really didn't have Polish power to begin with. He, he's, he's had a few knockouts as of late, and we thought he, he could could knock out an old guy like Glover, but he, he's not really a knockout dude. Um, I, I think I, I think he I, I think he does have knockouts. I, I think he's almost reinvented himself as a guy who gets knockouts late in his career because if you go back and you look at those early losses he had in the UFC right because he did at one point in time he had lost four or five which again an amazing story for Jan Blankovic to have gotten the title in the first place a a more amazing story about Glover Teixeira we'll talk about in a second but you know like if you look at those losses he had early on it was because 
he had tried to wrestle Jimmy Manawa and it didn't really work really well. He had, he had tried to sort of wrestle up Patrick Cummins and it didn't work. He lost a majority decision to Patrick Cummins and he got out grappled by Alexander Gustafson. Like, I, I don't know how many people remember that. He was actually winning on the feet against Alexander Gustafson and, and then Gustafson took him down a bunch of times. Uh, so like, I think he he used to be that submission guy that we remember so well, and, and he did pick up submissions after that, right? He got Devin Clark, although that was by standing rear naked choke, which is weird as hell. Um, but, like, he, I think at that point, realized that, like, just going to the ground all the time with guys wasn't the way to win. He doesn't have the wrestling to do it. These guys in the UFC are not the same guys he fought in, you know, KSW way back in the day. Um, so, like, I think he reinvented himself as a power puncher, and I think he has always had that power. He's just been reluctant to go to it for probably the exact same reason as we saw him lose this weekend, is that when he goes to it and it doesn't work, he looks a little bit on the tired side because it's exhausting to throw big-ass punches like that for that long. In addition to that, it leaves him open to be countered, and it leaves him open to be taken down. And Glover took advantage of both of those things, which is wild to think about, but um, yeah, like I, I would say I would pump the brakes on not saying he has power. I just think he has not been the type of person to use it for very long. No, but maybe fair enough. But all of his recent knockouts have come against people who get knocked out, though. Uh, Dominic Reyes gets knocked out. Corey Anderson gets knocked out. Uh, Luke Rockhold gets knocked out. So. Yeah. But, Luke um, Rockwell really gets knocked out. <laughs> he really gets knocked out. He's, he's, but, been knocked, he's been knocked out in some of the most spectacular fashion between that. That Jan one is really good, and the, the yeah. Yoel Romero one is just an execution, which is pretty yep. fucked up. Yep. All right, so thoughts on Glover? I guess Jan really messed up. I don't know why he would want to like get, try to get fancy on the ground with Glover, but he did, and, yeah, he tapped immediately, so Glover obviously had him. Yeah, I, I think – so I, I would say this is, is it seemed like that I think the reason he shoots for that Kimura and the reason why he goes to his back and the reason why he taps so fast is the punch of Glover landed it yeah. landed flush and he was woozy. Um yeah. I, I you know, I was talking to one of my buddies earlier this morning who said that it reminded him a lot of Nate Diaz, Connor McGregor. Everybody was like, Connor quit too early, Connor looked like shit on the ground, Connor doesn't know how to grapple. Connor got hit on the feet by, by yeah. Nate Diaz. And to some extent, you could say a similar thing about Connor in, in the Dustin Poirier fight too, the, the trilogy fight, is that like he got hit, so he you know shot a takedown uh, or you know jumped a guillotine. So you were like, why, why would he jump a guillotine there? And that's the reason why. So um, yeah, I would say bad choice on his part. For Glover, on the other hand, what, what are we doing next for Glover? I mean, I think the Yuri Prohoshka fight is the one that everybody's saying is going to happen next. Prohoshka weighed in as a replacement. I, You know, I want to say that, like, Prohoshka has this, like, supreme boxing advantage here where he should light Glover up on the feet. He's also more aggressive than Jan Blankovic. And I'm not sure it fucking matters. That's the worst part, yeah. right? Like, yeah, who knows? Glover, yeah. Could just, Glover could just take him down and submit him, too, because that's – I mean, like, this whole run – I'm not sure I picked Glover once in this whole run he's had because I've just been like, well, he's going to get punched really hard by Anthony yeah. Smith, by Tiago Santos, by Ion Kudalaba, by Nikita Krylov. And, like, he's just taken them all down and beat them within an inch of their lives. Even the even the Carl Roberson fight, I wasn't sure about picking him because that Carl Roberson fight, like, Roberson is good in the clinch and has got good elbows and good knees. And I was like... Glover's gonna have to stay away from that, and he did. He did, and he took him down and submitted him. So, 
Yeah, uh, it, it's just such an interesting story. It'll be interesting to see how long it lasts. But uh, it almost feels like when it ends, it'll be the end of his career. Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's what Superfan Jong was uh, saying on the SGPN Slack board, which everyone should get in because it's lots of fun. Um, he was saying, what, one more fight and then he's done because I guess he's expecting Yuri probably will will beat him. Um, People love Yuri, but again, yeah. I, I mean, like – He's more dangerous for sure, the, than He has the same advantage as Jan Blankovic. And, and in addition to that, he, you're right, he's more aggressive and he's probably more dangerous. But he's also a little sloppier. You know what yeah, I mean? Oh like yeah, he, sure. he, he, he gets wild in there. And that, sometimes that leads to a takedown. No, no he, he's definitely um, more wild, which is why we all, everyone loves him. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely ripe to be taken down and, and submitted for sure he, he's not as safe as Blankovic but he's also more dangerous so we'll see who knows all bets are off now um Glover's champ which is uh unbelievable so um Piotr Jan is kind of a champ again um I forgot he was the <laughs> champ I forgot he was the champ to begin with I was thinking that uh the Aljo fight was the uh, was the fight for the vacant belt but he he beat the hell out of Jose Aldo for, for the belt. So um, He even he defended is, it against Dominic Cruz, remember? Yes, yes, I see. I, I forgot all that. So anyhow, he's a he's still a bad, bad man. Uh, Corey Sanhagen is this, – this fight pretty much went exactly how, how we expected. The the main event, not so much. We lost in that pick, um, minus 290. Uh, so Glover was a very sizable dog for whoever got, had him. But – the co-main event for the interim UFC bantamweight belt pretty much went the way we expected. And Hagen very tight. Basically takes the first round, or this is the narrative, at least the um, commentators were, were putting out there. He takes first round to process everything and take in all the info, and then he takes apart his opponent more and more as, as each round goes on. That is pretty much how it played out. Yeah, I, I would say... For me, first of all, I actually didn't think Corey Sanhagen just won the first. I gave him the second, too. Um, and I, yeah, it was a toss-up for sure. I, I was sort of surprised that none of the judges did. Like, I, I expected it to be 48-47 on at least one or two judges' scorecards, and then it, it just wasn't. Um, uh, you know, I, I, th- that was surprising to me. I'll also say I, this didn't go exactly like I expected. I am really surprised that the person who was wrestling was Corey Sanhagen in that – Piotr Jan didn't seem to ever try to trip him or take him down. Um, especially, it's especially weird to me because Corey Sanhagen was having so much success at the beginning. But, yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it went mostly as expected. Piotr Jan, super dangerous striker, really fun to watch. Uh, another really heartbreaking loss for Corey Sanhagen, who has to have gone into both of these yeah. last two decisions thinking, like, he, he has to have thought he won both of those, right? Like, I, I know he thought he won Dillashaw. I thought he won Dillashaw. It was if you said he won one and two, uh, which I do think he won, five wasn't that far apart either. I, I wouldn't be surprised. No, as if Sanhagen thinks he won one two five. Yeah, no, no, that's for sure. It was a lot closer than it it appears on the scorecard. Plus, I would say it's probably a lot closer than it appears watching it too. Like it appeared that Jan was pretty much dominating the fight, but they are. It's it doesn't really make sense, but it's it's scored round by round, and if you score it based round by round, it was it was a, should have been a closer fight than than the judges actually uh, allowed it at the end. Yeah, and I will say this too: like you're right, he was in the big shots, and I think that that's what people take home and remember. But like 
I also don't think that, like, I don't think Sanhagen was not doing damage either. Like, I think some of those early shots and some of those flying knees, I think they hit with a, enough power that, that, like, he was damaging Piotr Jan too. So, yeah, disappointing to see him lose again. Uh, disappointing that Piotr Jan has to fight Aljamain Sterling again next, right? Like, who wouldn't rather see yeah. him fight, you know, Dylan? or Font or Sanhagen. I'd watch him fight Sanhagen again. You know, like that. Yeah. That we're going to see this god-awful rematch and Piotr Jan probably just manhandle him again. And who knows when, too, because Sterling just had surgery, so. Well, that would be uh, good news if, if we don't know yeah. when, because that might mean, and, and I'm not a TJ Dillashaw fan. As a matter of fact, he's one of the, the few drug cheats that I am going to uh, sort of st- stand out there and say what he did was so inexplicably wrong and unabashedly wrong that I have no love for the guy at all. Uh, but I would still rather see him fight Piotr Jan than, than Aljamain Sterling. Yep. Very true. So uh, Glover got – we had bonuses given out already. Glover, Glover got a performance bonus, and then this uh, Jan Sanhagen um, very uh, justly won fight of the night. So we got that one right. Um, wasn't a huge payday. Uh, minus two forty. It was my lock pick though, because uh, I was pretty sure of it. So forty one sixty seven in uh, based on hundred dollar bet into my lock um, earnings. So I'm at eighteen and ten for the year. I'm still down about forty five bucks. So so not so hot for locks. Um, we also got the next one right. Minus seven hundred. We better have gotten it right. Islam Makashev very quickly um, submitted Dan Hooker. Not much to say about this. It pretty much went the way we thought it would, maybe a little faster than we thought it would, and uh, Islam is a scary dude. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the only thing that was maybe a little bit different, I didn't think he'd get the sub so fast, uh, right. and it was it, it was interesting to me, you know, we talked about the narrative of Dan Hooker possibly having, like, increased wrestling, because he had increased offensive wrestling last time, it very clearly didn't translate to the defense, or Islam is just that good. Let me ask you this, though, how how do you feel about Islam Makachev in a title shot? Do you think he's next for the title? No, probably not. Um, <laughs> having having Habib in his corner definitely helps uh, helps matters, but but I think I think it really depends on what happens with Gaethje and Chandler. Um, Chandler good, and, yeah, and what happens with all of and yes. what happens with Oliveira and, and yes. Dustin Poirier because. If you get some sort of combination of winners there that yep. have recently fought, you don't want the rematch, right? Like if Oliveira no. and Michael Chandler both win, right? You know, we're, we're not rolling that back. So then we'll probably yep. get Oliveira versus uh, Islam. So yeah, Islam's probably on standby if he's a better yep. matchup. Yep. And um, yeah, the, the, it's more than likely we're going to get what? Um, yeah, we're not going to get Oliveira or Chandler, but. You know, we could get Gaethje, um, Gaethje of, versus either either guy. Like they, Gaethje, they would do. Yeah, Gaethje Oliveira. Yeah, and the, they or, would or do Poirier, Gaethje. Poirier, uh, yeah, Poirier again. Yep. Chandler. Yep. Yeah, or Poirier Chandler. Yeah, so all that. So we we seem to hit on this uh, often, but Makachev's kind of uh, he's one of those guys. He, he won, probably got the the biggest win of his career, and he's kind of in limbo still, um, near the top. Uh, he hasn't changed at all in my the performance rankings I run on MMA-Manifesto.com. He's still behind the champ, uh, Oliveira, Gechi, Poye, and Dariush is still behind him, which is what I hear in some people mention could be next for him, Anil Dariush versus Islam Makashev. Yeah, that, that was my pick. I, I think 
he just is on standby in case one of those bad matchups works out. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, Oliver and, and Chandler win. They're not running that back anytime soon. So uh, if that happens, then I think he jumps in. But otherwise, yeah, I think Benil Darius is, is the right call. We're in the middle of a massive run I had last night. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I want, got eight straight. None of them for massive paydays, but I got eight straight and Dan was, got seven out of eight. So It was not a good day for underdogs. Uh, just no, Glover it was not. And depending on where you got the line on Michael Olszewiak, uh, who, yep. who a lot of people had him, they, they said by the time I got to fight time, he was actually a favorite. So uh, as oh. for if you were looking just as the, the numbers when the night actually kicked off, there was actually only one underdog who won, and it was the very last fight of the night. Very shocking. Yes, crazy. Um, so Makhachev got it. Alexander Volkov minus 300 beat. Marcin Tybura went exactly the way we expected pretty much. Three rounds to none. Uh, one ref had it two rounds to one. I don't know. Not really much to say about this. Uh, Volkov's kind of like a gatekeeper for for the top five of the division, I would say. He, he's not as good as the guys ahead of him, and better than most of the guys coming up behind him. Yeah. And it, for me, that's just his limited ability to stop takedowns. Like he, he yeah. can against a guy like Marcin Tibera, but can't against a guy like Curtis Blades. Um, and that, that's always going to put you in that weird limbo of, you know, being ranked somewhere between four and seven. And then uh, Hamzat Shimaev, uh, apparently he's, he's over his, health issues that, that they claim he had, which was really very bad COVID. Um, minus 550, uh, just destroyed Li Jing Liang, uh, even picked him up and walked him over to Dana White and told Dana to stop looking at his phone and watch his fight and then slammed him down and proceeded to beat on him and then choke him unconscious. So um, I think the hype, I think I might be willing to say the hype is real now. Yeah, I mean, he beat somebody who who had the right kind of skills to stop him. Um, although I will say, again, Li Jingliang, probably not a great defensive wrestler. He's given up a lot of takedowns. We saw that to Neil Magny. I am interested to see what happens with Kamzat Shemaev against a guy who's a great wrestler. But no longer am I saying he needs to fight uh, like a, a wrestling-based guy outside of the top 15. And now I'm thinking, like, what would he do against Gilbert Burns? What, what would he do against Marvin Vittori? You know, like I'm, I'm thinking oh, about oh, those yeah. things now, which means, yeah. which means he's clearly for real. Um, also, I saw this this suggestion thrown out there. Um, I can't remember who who did it. It might have been an MMA lock of the night because I, I usually he he gives some pretty good matchmaking uh, suggestions, and I saw. Uh, I don't want to claim this as my own. Is there any reason the UFC shouldn't book Kamzat Chimaev right now? as the late replacement for Luke Rockhold against Sean Strickland? No, not at all. He, he likes to fight frequently, too. So um, that would involve – and plus he wouldn't have to cut weight because uh, that would be up at middleweight. So uh, I probably would prefer to see him at welterweight, but he seems to be comfortable bouncing between either. So, sure, do it. Well, and also I, I think – I also just think, like, if he's going to do the short notice thing, which it seems like he wants to do, right? Like he wants to fight every two weeks or three weeks or whatever – he, he shouldn't be cutting the welterweight all the time. No. I, too, am like a divisional purist. If you're going to be a welterweight, be a welterweight so that I can see where you are. If you're going to be a middleweight, be a middleweight so I can see where you are. This whole, like, ranked in two division stuff, not for me. Uh, but, like, he is a unique case. Uh, and I, I don't like making exceptions for just one guy, but, like, he's an exception to it. 
fucking everything right now. Sure is. Um, and it's not like he's been handed cupcakes. He's grad. They've gradually increased the level of his opponent pretty much every fight. He, he's gotten a little. Yeah, the way, bit the way you should. Opponent. The yeah. way you should. The first two were real bad. You know, the two he beat in like a weekend were real bad. You know, like no offense to Reese McKee or John Phillips, but they just no takedown defense. They found the guys right. with the worst takedown defense they could find. But yeah, then, yeah. I mean, Gerald Mearshart, we just watched to yeah. beat Mahmoud Muradov. in uh, like, Lee Jingliang is is no joke, too. He knocked out Ponzanibio. So, uh, yeah, Chimaev, you got to imagine, is going to be probably a top 10 welterweight come uh, come come Tuesday. He is top 10 in the rankings I run on the site, MMA-Benifesto.com. He's jumped up to, actually, he's probably ninth now because he's gone ahead of Barely ahead of Stephen Thompson, and he's gone ahead of uh, Jing Liang. So, yeah, he's, I think, next time I do those welterweight rankings, uh, he should be around at ninth. So, um, very impressive performance. Um, yeah, and I believe the, like I said, the hype's real, and, and him, oh, uh, here, here's a stat. You, you probably know it because you seem to know everything, except for, I stumped you last episode with some regional MMA stuff, but uh, international regional MMA stuff. That's how deep you have to go to stump Dan, but how many uh, times has he been hit in his UFC career? Uh, Chimayev, that would that would be so, you know, four fights. So, how many times has he been hit? So if you're talking significantly, uh, it's yeah. one. And yes. If you're talking about total, it's if you're talking about total, it's two. He's taken to, two total strikes, but only one was deemed significant, which is, I mean, dude, it is wild. And, and to do it against, it you know, like to do it in a 14 second knockout, that's one thing. But like he fought. John Phillips for two rounds, right? Like John Phillips survived yep. the first against him and was submitted in the second. Like, and still he only took one punch. It's incredible just like how quick he gets in on you. And I actually think his head movement is pretty good. Uh, you know, like, again, we still need to see it against somebody a little bit better and we need to keep seeing it against somebody better. But like, it, I think it's there. I think the basis for it is there. Yeah, and uh, he's kind of like, if Damian Maya had that massive killer instinct, because remember Maya had a, uh, had a long run there where he no one was touching him uh, striking-wise, but he's not, uh, other than submissions, he's not as scary as Chimaev, who can beat you pretty much uh, any way he, he chooses to. Well, Damian Maya had that thing where he was like, I don't want to punch you. Uh, yeah, I want to win yeah. every fight without without punching my opponent yeah, at all. Yeah, he did that um, too, yeah. Yeah, which which that clearly is not the case with Kamzat. Kamzat is very comfortable punching no. you. Exactly. And then let me get to where Dan slipped up. Um, hey, he's. I kind of think like you do it on purpose, just to. Um, you slip up at least once a week, just to let me keep the lead on you, because you respect me so much. You you want me to be able to to hold this over you, right? To to beat you in the money and beat you on the picks uh, every week. But <laughs> Mago Mago Mad uh, who. Is apparently now Dan really, really hates because he, he screwed him on the pick here. Be Volkham Ozdemir, 30-27, 29-28, 30-27. Um, yeah, you were asking about Ankalaev earlier. Um, he, he, he looked, um, obviously the precision was there, uh, took him apart like a surgeon. Not He didn't look dangerous, I guess, is, is kind of what you were implying. Um, people saying that he is a... Uh, immediate title challenger. Well, it is light heavyweight, so uh, c- could he beat Glover Teixeira? Sure. Um, who, who knows in that division? He, he's, he's not 
a uh, didn't look like a killer in there, as as Dana White likes to say. But the, the way he picked apart Osmir was you can't not be impressed with that. Um, yeah, Osmir did not look good. He looked a little soft too, like his body looked a little soft. So I don't know if if that's age or if he's uh, if he's getting beat up or what the dish what the case is. But um, yeah, you got this one wrong, Dan. So account yeah, for yourself. I did get this. I did get this one wrong, but I will say this. So. First of all, you know, I, I do think he picked apart Ozumir. I'll give you that. His striking looked better than I said it would. I'll give you that. His grappling looked as bad as I thought it is, right? Like, he shot a bunch of takedowns that he tried to get Vulcan Ozumir to the mat, and he failed. He failed emphatically to get Vulcan Ozumir down. Like, he is like a, he is, he is that stereotypical Russian who we all assume has really good takedown offense, because he's he, his last name is Ankalaev, uh, or his first name is Magomed. Whatever, whatever one you want to, whatever stereotype you want to go with, Magomed. I'll go. But with. like, yeah, Ma- Mag- I guess you're right. Magomed sounds like a better <laughs> than anybody with the last name Ankalaev. Uh, but like, he he can't get opponents down. He he's having a really hard hard time, including like he had trouble with Nikita Krylov. So, in addition to that, like I don't think his striking looked untouchable. Like you're right, he did pick him apart, but it was largely because Volkan Ozdemir looked afraid. Right, like he, he didn't throw anything. Um, and, and for me, that's what the, the problem with with Volkan Ozdemir. That's why I'll take the L here on this one. Because, like, ultimately, like, Volkan Ozdemir is known for his punching power and his quick knockouts. Like, he, he needs to be able to hit people. And if you don't throw punches, apparently, you can't hit people. Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely the case. So, I, I don't know what, what to do with Volkan at this point. Like I said, he's... Uh, um, I, I think he's pretty maybe not shot, but um, maybe has been exposed that he's not the the bee's knees as the kids say in the 1920s. Um, but um, he's, he's two point five since he got his title shot, which is worth uh, noting. Correct, yes. and, yeah. and and the only win or one of the only wins is that Alexander Rachich one, which he he didn't win. Uh, Alexander Rachich won that fight, and the the judges inexplicably. Uh, gave Volkan Ozdemir a split decision. So, like, if, if we're using that revisionist history, since he got a title shot against DC at UFC 220 in Boston back in January of 2018, he's only knocked out Eli Watifi and then just continued to get beat. Like, man, yeah. dude, maybe he is not. Like, I don't like writing people off, but, like, yo, he'd probably look good in Bellator's next light heavyweight Grand Prix. <laughs> very true. Very true. And like I said, like, um, not the body shame, but he, he looked a little soft too around the the. He's uh, always looked like a thumb, though. He looks yeah, like I a guess thumb. So that's true. A thumb, yes, he's <laughs> a thumb. Very good, very good point. So that wraps up the, the main card. Um, pretty exciting main card. Um, and the picks came through for me. One, I was what five and one. Dan was four and two. So hopefully you trailed us in that. Like I said, none of them were big, huge payouts unless you are like super fan Jong Jong and you put like seventeen units on. Uh, I think we may have talked him out of doing the 17 units and calm said within the distance. So we may have cost him some money, Dan. Well, I, I, it sounded like in the, the Slack channel, he, he still must have had some sort of, maybe not 17 units, but he still had some sort of number there. Uh, he, did, yeah. where, where he, he did quite well for himself. Uh, yeah, I, and I think he kept talk, adding you, to it. You too. were right, buddy. <laughs> yes, you were right. We were wrong. And then uh, a referee screwed him out of another pick he was asking about earlier. Um, 
earlier in the oh, night, man, which we will get to. A, that's going to be a wild one we're going to talk about. Yeah. Let's say about ProSwap first. We're brought to you by ProSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing. Oh, are they? Or are they over by the time you hear this, everybody? <laughs> And PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. How so? This is is this your first Braves? I guess you probably saw Braves games away games, right? Yeah, I've been to like a hundred Braves games in wow. Fenway because uh, I'm Crazy. like my my. Anytime they played the Braves for uh, for interleague play, my dad yeah. used to make sure he could get me to a game. And then obviously, since interleague play is no longer a thing, and they're just like constantly playing interleagues, uh, yeah. I've seen a few since then. You're a good dad, Ichabod. Good yeah. job, Ichabod, getting, getting, he, uh, getting he took, games. He took me to see uh, Andrew Jones hit a, a grand slam back in the day. It had to have been like 97 or 98. Nice. Uh, and both my brothers, who are Red Sox fans, were like devastated. Haha, <laughs> 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 take that, Red Sox. Yeah, you and your brother were getting ready to watch the World Series together, right, Dan? How did that go for him? Ooh, it didn't go well for him. No. Uh, <laughs> and that's why my wife's here instead of my brother. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Prelim card. Um, let's say uh, hello to everybody's favorite, Amanda Hibas. <laughs> oh, she, she says hello to us too, isn't that nice? It, she is that, such so funny, dude. <laughs> she's such a treat. Like I, it's so it's so funny that people dislike her. How do you dislike? her? Oh, she, they do. Yeah, I don't she, know how she, anybody gets. She dislike takes her. a bunch of heat on Twitter. Like, well, I, whatever. They find her like annoying or whatever. But like, yeah, I guess that's true. Whoever who cares about Twitter? But like, she's delightful. <laughs> oh yeah, she is. Um, like, I have to admit, I fell into a rabbit hole of watching her say hello a million times, and <laughs> and there's like a two minute video of her laughing. Um, like a whole bunch of oh, it's, it's that crazy cackle. Wow. Dude. <laughs> yeah, um, she sounds like a chain smoker. Wow. And, and but, then when she when she won the fight against Vera Jadarova, did she not yeah. say in like the post fight interview that you had to go to her? Yes. You had to go to her Instagram to find out her what she was going to say next. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You, you had to go to the um like the backstage interviews and then oh right um, and it wasn't really important. It was uh, she wants. <laughs> She wants one of her friends uh, who had these issues to get another shot at Contender Series, and she's willing to fight at 125 or 115 before the end of the year. But anything she says is uh, I'll I'll watch. I guess I'm a, I think the kids call that a simp. I think I'm a I'm a simp for Amanda Hebas. I think it's um, just a stand unless you're 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 overly attracted to her. So I think I okay, think yeah, yeah. I think you're. Uh, a I'm too old to be attracted to her. Yes, I, <laughs> she's like could, could be my daughter. So I, I can't say I'm a. Uh, I guess uh, really young. No, she's no, actually not that young. She's twenty. Just turned twenty-eight. So I, I know far too much about her, apparently. But um, <laughs> um, so I have to use the M M&M, M M and M term, Dan. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's gonna fly with me. I'm not a real fan, Dan. <laughs> but anyhow, um, you don't write those. I, I, no. I get that reference. There are so many kids nowadays who don't know that that's what Stan means too. That it yeah. comes from an M M&M and M song. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's probably right in your wheelhouse for your age group, right? Yeah, I mean, I was not an Eminem guy, but my little brother was. Yeah, makes sense. All right, we're all we're all fans of Amanda Hebos, or you should be, not just because she's delightful outside of the cage. And yeah, 
and, and she was so surprised that DC was in the cage too, like um, after the fact. <laughs> like, oh, like, you everything she has, the, like you hadn't done the first six interviews. <laughs> uh, everything she does is so hilarious. But anyhow, uh, she was all, I, I thought none of that was going to happen because she was all business heading into this, like uh, me mugging and everything. But um, I, I like Janda Doba too. Also, um, I don't want to um, put her down in the least, especially her, her hair. I, I love her hair bouncing around. Um, can she see when she's in there? It's kind of like a sheepdog. You wonder, can they actually see? Uh, yeah, it seems like, like a, a shaggy dog idea. in it. it. It's almost like the Benson Henderson thing. Clay, like Clay Guida that. thing, yeah. So anyhow. Hey, did uh, you see that? Mm. I, I thought of you during the broadcast when they talked about her nickname, Karakara, which you Yes, I got it wrong. Yeah, you had previously said his face, which I think it loosely does translate to face yeah. face, but it's like a, a bird in, in yeah, Brazil. Bird, yes, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the the bird looked pretty good in the first round. Um, even, like, the thing I worry about is T-Boss is she's extremely tough, but she does get knocked down. Like, she bounces right back up, but that's two fights in a row that she's been been knocked down on, on her feet uh, with strikes. And Jen Dodoba is not a striker, so that, that concerned me. But then T-Boss turned it on round two and three, just picked her apart on the feet. And it, this basically went exactly how we how we said it would. Um, Amanda Hibas's judo went exactly yes. how we said it would because yes. that that was the big game changer. And we said that it would pretty much rest on that whether or not her judo held up and could stop the takedown, and it did. Her her judo looked exceptional. Yes, and her striking was was on point. But it's probably getting better every fight too, which is which is um, good to see. So she um, got the job done. Minus one. 60 over Jendi Doba. Like I said, I like both watching both ladies fight. Um, Jendi Doba. It's encouraging that that she her striking is is improving also every fight, and that that she knocked Hebas down, which no one what no one's done other than uh, Marina Had Had Higas. So um, I think at least in the UFC. So that's that's uh, impressive. Um, do you have someone in mind for Hebas next? No. So it's it's weird. My my gut reaction was to say I'd like to see her fight McKenzie. Dern, because I would yeah. like to see her try to defend the Dern. And then I remembered she beat Mackenzie Dern already, like, yep. Uh, yep. which I, I think people forget because it was earlier. I think it was when we first wrote Mackenzie Dern off and we said, Mackenzie, oh, she must suck. Like, she she can't take down this girl. And once she can't take her down, uh, she's out of ideas. So, I, I mean, like, I always pair people with Yan Xiaonan, uh, mm, yes, you know, do. Nina Nunes. You like to say Nina the name. Nunes, yeah, Nina Nunez wouldn't be a – you know what would be a kind of an interesting one is uh, Tisha Torres would kind of be fun for her. Yep. Um, because we, I'm not sure she'd be able to keep up with Tisha Torres's speed, yep. and it would be able, interesting to see if she wanted to take Torres down, if she could take Torres down. It, it would bring a lot there. Yep, very true. Would you be able to take Amanda Hebos down, Dan, or would she judo throw you? I'm pretty sure she'd judo throw you. Judo is a – Really? Uh, dude, I, I also you, you asked that question as if I take a whole bunch of people down. I said, <laughs> no, you don't. Now, now I, I can't I can't calculate the actual number number of jujitsu tournaments I've been in. It's probably it's probably in the the thirty five to fifty realm uh, of tournaments I've been in. I have gotten one takedown ever uh, because usually I just sit to guard or jump guard or wait for somebody to blast double leg me to get into guard because I just work off my back. Um, You're Ryan so Hall. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty much Ryan Hall with less leg locks and more go-go bladders. <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, all right. So, yeah, th- that was a fun fight. We got it right, which makes it even more fun. Got the next one right. 
we pretty much got every fight right. Okay, we'll just put it that way. Um, I even had people thanking me on Twitter, which is nice. Thank you, people who listen and thank me for my unbelievable picks. Um, it feels Rivera. really good when you guys do that, by the way. Do that all the time because I got one yes. of those too. Somebody patted me on the back for the Caceres win. Um, yep. I wish I could remember who it is because he, he interacts with me all the time on, on Twitter, and I get, I appreciate it, but I don't ever look at anybody's name. So uh, the person who thanked me for Alex Caceres, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> yes, it, it, it is very nice. Um Zubera, Tukugov, you can thank us for this. This was Dan's lock pick, minus 175. So Dan hit it. He, What did you win on that? Like uh, 57-14? But if you bet 100 bucks with Dan, bets a lot more than that, right? Because your Lord, and, <laughs> yeah, your Lord, and, Savior, Lord and Savior Satan tells you to, correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. All right, good. Well, getting it all out there. So anyhow, Dan's 16-13 uh, for his locks, down 384 bucks. Um, Got so time to turn that around. Yeah, it's true. You better then you got to pick some bigger than minus one seventy five blocks then. But uh, um, this one, like I tend to keep saying it, but pretty much went the way we expected, right? Two rounds to one over. Ricardo uh, Hamos was. Uh, I smiled when he hit that spitty elbow. I'm like, oh, here we go. Dan's been crapping all over him for that spitty elbow, lucky spitty <laughs> elbows, and here we go. Hits a spitty elbow and uh, um, busted up Tukagov, but. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, judges got it cracked, you know. Uh, fun to watch. Right guy won. I don't know. Not much else to say, really. No, and you're, you're going to say essentially the same thing about Durayev versus Kapilov. Uh Right decision. Yep. Kind of fun to yep. watch. Uh, in in maybe very little say to say about it. There, you, you just did it. We're done now. Um, wasn't Durayev? Wasn't he the hairy guy though on Contender Series? Because he wasn't hairy last night. I thought he was the. Hairy I don't guy. think he was hairy. Okay, I different think, guy. I'm thinking of them. I'm thinking of the heavy, the heavyweight that was kind of weirdly flabby. Yes, true. My son probably comparing me to him. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. Durayev, <laughs> wrestling looked very good. Um, was quite impressed with him. He, he, uh, my son said, "Whoa, look at that guy's eye. What happened?" I said, "That's the guy that won." <laughs> yeah, he, he got beat up, but. Yeah. Um, moving on, because Dan's got baseball to get to, and we're dragging <laughs> like we always do. Um, we got this one wrong. Uh, I I blame Dan because he uh, I went in sight unseen on Benoit Saint Denis. I didn't even know like what he looked like, but uh, he looked actually pretty good in this fight. Um, and then he then he almost died in the second round, and the ref didn't stop it, and the ref didn't stop it, and the ref didn't stop it, and the ref didn't stop it. Um, not much else to say. Elazio uh, Zelowski dos Santos picked apart Benoit Saint Denis, who Said Saint Denis definitely looks like he he belongs in the UFC um, if he survives yesterday. But um, horrific, horrific judges, uh, not judges, uh, refs' decision, and he rightfully got uh, banned from uh, refereeing the other fights uh, on the night. But um, Saint, Denis, Saint Denis looked good despite his face not looking good today. I'm sure. Yeah, I will say this: it, the judges' scorecards kind of surprised me on this one because, first of all, yeah. they only gave Eliza Zaleski dos Santos one ten eight round, which seems wrong. Um, I think there were multiple ten eight rounds in there. And second of all, did Benoit Saint Denis not win the first round? Was I watching a different fight than other people? Like I, I thought he won the first round. Yeah, uh, I, I thought he did. Yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't give it to him. The only the reason that Zaleski dos Santos has twenty nine was that weird. <laughs> Accidental groin kick that immediately led to a point deduction. Like the ref was trying to insert him even self even further into a fight that he previously had not wanted to be in. It was weird. Um, but I will say, Benoit Saint Denis is like you said, as long as he's okay after all this, is going to 
I think he's going to get the Chris Mutino treatment that people are just going to be all about this dude because he is wildly tough. And you, yeah. you know what? I, I'll say this. It was a terrible stoppage, right? Like that, that should have been stopped eight or nine times. He, every time the ref looked like he was going to step in, Denise threw two of the ugliest strikes you've ever seen in your whole life just to be like, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. He wasn't still there. That's still a, yes. like not yes, enough like, to not stop it. But like he I'm was punching, still yes. moving, dude. No. Yeah, he was still moving. Yeah, he was. Well, he had he had no choice. He had to. No one was saving him. <laughs> the ref was not doing his job, so he had to somehow uh, save himself from from dying. Yeah, the um, everyone only gave the second round ten eight. That could have been like ten seven, ten six. Like that was um, pretty pretty wild. But yeah, Saint Denis looked like like I thought he won the first round, but well, we're praising him, and he got like utterly destroyed. His defense is uh, definitely needs, needs some work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But again, Zaleski Dos Santos uh, is called Capoeira because it, he has fun striking and it's yeah. all over the place and it's difficult yeah. to deal with. Yep. So we got that one wrong. That was my second one wrong. Dan's third one wrong. Uh, we got this one right. I got thanked for this one. Thank you, uh, people on Twitter. Plus 125, we got it at the time. Michael Olo Sechuk. Is he actually a good fighter? Because he TKO'd Shamil Gam- Gamzatov. Pretty much, it went another thing. They want to keep saying it went the way we expected, but when it went the way we expected, his pressure was too much. But um, is he actually good, or is he just getting good matchups? I think he's good. Look at I, I crazy. Don't believe, I don't believe this, but so if you so if you don't count the fact that his original his first ever UFC win was overturned due to a positive uh, amphetamines test, I think amphetamines test for him. He would be 5-2 and two in the UFC with wins over Khalil Roundtree, Jean Volante, Modestus Bukaskis, and his only losses are Jimmy Crute and OSP. Like, like he is probably a win or two away from, like, should we rank this guy in the top 15? Like, he, he, and he looked good this time. Um, I think yeah. the thing that plays really well for him is he's like the anti-Vulcan Ozdemir. He just goes and gets it. And whether or not he gets hit or whether or not yep. – like he's not afraid and it seems to be serving him really well. So, uh, you know, mad props to him. He, he looks, uh, very different. I also, did you notice he, he changed his fight nickname going into this one? Did he? Um, yeah, he's no longer, I I did notice that. he's no longer Lord. He's right. now, yes, uh, Lord. he's now Hussar. H U S A R. Uh, which, which I, I believe is is a is a member of the the like Polish army or the Polish cavalry. Uh, if my two seconds of googling means anything, um, but yeah, yes, he's not lord. Correct. Yes, I heard you Google. He's not he's not lord anymore. So that's whatever that means. Huh. It seems like he's been demoted then, if you ask me. But anyhow, um, yeah, he looked good. We got it right. Next fight. We almost got it right. This oh, was our big. This one, this this one our, bothered me. Very frustrating. Really <laughs> we almost had it, it went the way we went the way we predicted it would go. Uh, Makwan Americani plus two sixty. This is our big one. Um, dominated the first round with his wrestling. Was starting to dominate the second round, and then he caught a knee diving in for a takedown. Got brutally knocked out by Laroni Murphy. Um, so we whiffed on that. So we we hit one. Uh, Michael O Olo Olo Sechak. Uh, you can call him Michael O or whatever he is now. Uh, Dan said his nickname is. He's the only underdog we hit. We missed in St. Denis. We missed in Americani, but we were very close in Americani. Yeah, I, not much to say on this one other than no. 
I think if you told me that this is how the fight went and gave me an opportunity to repick it when they fight in two months, were they to fight in two months? They're not going to fight in two months. But were they to fight in two months? I think I'd take Makwan Amirakani. Yeah. Is he going to fight again in the UFC? Ooh, I, he's really – inter- he, he, here's what he's got going for him. So you're right. It is three straight losses. They are a really great competition with the exception. I guess I don't know really how I feel about Camuela Kirk, but Etcha Barboza and Lerone Murphy are good. His loss before that was to Shane Burgos. He's beaten Chris Fishgold, Danny Henry, Jason Knight. His other loss was a split to Arnold Allen. Like, he's got that going for him, good level of competition. The other thing he's got going for him that might earn him another one, he's all they got from Finland. And yeah. they're all about, like, checking the boxes and having a whole bunch of different markets, and, and he checks one of those. So, um, you, know, you know, who Yao Zong is still fighting in the UFC today, so... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Hugh Yao Zong fight again, actually. He, he was, he was fun, pretty fun to watch, fight. yeah. But th- that fight, Andre Petrovsky subbed him late in the third round, but um, last probably lasted longer than we thought, and Yao Zong was way tougher than we expected, but... We've got that one right, and Petrovsky via uh, submission probably was a, a prop bet that some people played. So um, that was minus 240 on that one. And then in the opener, Tagir Ulambekov beat Alan Nascimento, split decision. Who do you think won the fight? Nascimento was way more active off his ground, he uh, off his back, but he was on his back pretty much for the whole fight. So um, old, the old thinking would be uh, he lost, but new thinking would be, oh, actually he was you know going for submissions the whole time. So who did you have with it? So I, I think I think the right decision happened. I think Tagiru Labakov won. I, I do think he had to win it in, like, the last two minutes, though, because here's the thing that happened. He, he I think, won – or Alain Nascimento won the second round. It was clear-cut. He won the second round. There was no offense by Labakov. And then in the third round, Labakov was, like, back in that moment again where he looked like he was just going to let – Nascimento shoot 700 different triangles and arm bars and omoplatas and stuff like that. And then he, like, changed his tenor and passed the guard and threw some punches, mostly because Habib was yelling at him, too. Um, and I think that did enough to win the third round for me. Obviously not for one judge. Um, it was funny to watch Twitter think Ulambikov won 30-27, though. That, that killed yeah. me. Because uh, he didn't. Yeah. No, he, he badly lost the second and nearly lost the third. So um, yep. I think the ultimate decision was right, but it was damn close. Yep. So that puts a bow in it. Uh, attendance was 10,171 in Itatat Arena in Abu Dhabi. Uh, the other bonus winner I didn't mention was Hamzat Chimayev. So Chimayev and Glover were performance of the night, and then Jan Sanhagen were fight of the night. Um, very good night for our picks. I was 11 and 3 based on $100 bets. I was up about 188 bucks. Dan was 10 and 4, up about 57. On the year, I'm at, I'm up to 59%, so I'm cruising right up to the 60% rate I wanted. Uh, Dan is up to 55 again. I have the money lead. It's almost a thousand bucks now, Dan. Nine hundred dollars or so lead over you. Come on. That's all right. You're That's choking right. down the stretch, dude. And I, I just know I know there's two months before we reset, so I'm just you know I'll true. let I'll let you have your moment. And the dreams of a quick episode have gone out the window, Dan. That's uh, okay. That's we okay. haven't even gotten to contender series yet. And I've, got some hot, I've got some hot contender series takes. Do you? Do you have yeah. some hot Starbucks though with you? I, I actually am. I actually am drinking Starbucks right now. The, the wife re arrived in the hotel room with. She emerged with Starbucks and and some Amazing. small snacks. I'm trying not to eat in your ear, but I am. 
I am Starbucks again here because I was drinking like that hotel coffee that tastes like uh, dirty sock water. So uh, I'm I'm at least off that, and we're we're on to contender series now. Amazing wife. Um, Starbucks is not a sponsor, uh, unfortunately, but predict- prediction strike, which I can never say prediction for some reason. Prediction strike is. Let me tell you about them. You wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey. Well, now prediction strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robert Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPNMMA. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change upon, based upon game performance and supply and demand. And you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Sign up with your promo code. Once again, that's GPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And you can head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Dan just wrote an article on some of uh, athletes in basketball and football he thinks you should invest on, on a prediction strike. And Dan knows his stuff as he's shown on this show. Uh, and download our app if you haven't already SGPN app we're live in the app store on Google Play it gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts and if you can send us throw us up an app review that would be amazing and tell everybody what a great app it is because it actually is a very good app All right, uh, Dan could have just taken this episode off since he's has more important things to do right now but you people should be thankful that he's here because this is where he shines this is probably why you had to show up right because this is the last week it, of it was, it was week 10. I couldn't leave yeah. Superfan Jong or anybody else. And I, like I said, I've got hot takes for this one, and I've got some ones that I think uh, I think people will be pretty excited about. So thoughts on the card. Do you like the card? Is it a weak card? Are they going out with a whimper or a bang? Um, Comparatively to some of the other ones, not as good. Um, But yeah. I think exciting and weird. Uh, which Ooh, is fun. Yeah, weird is always a good time, and I, I think this yeah. has got there, there's a good level of weirdness to this one. All right, and there's a once again a lot of Ch- I guess Chinese Performance Center people once again, right? There are three of them, correct? Yes. yes. Which will make Zhang very angry. I guess he can bet against them. Well, he might he might be angry at some of my picks too. Oh, really? All right. Is is the I've seen different. Do you know what the main event is? I've seen different sites list different it's, main events. It's Achilles Esther to Murda versus Masha Shit. Haha, I made Dan pronounce both names for me. Uh, <laughs> lightweight. Masha Shate, Masha Shate. His name's Masha Shate, Masha Shate, but he just goes by Masha Shate. Uh, I know how to say Achilles. Esther, I guess it's not that hard. Esther Madura. Esther Madura, yeah. He is Canadian, everyone. Achilles Esther Madura. We, we finally two, have a Canadian. We got two Canadians. We have two. Back-to-back Canadians, which is impressive. Usually, they, my fellow Canadians screw us over whether we pick them or against them. So, really, uh, there's not like a, a, a clear path to victory for us here. Um, they, they tend to, to screw us either way. So, that's that's Canadians for you. We act like we're nice, but really, we're not. All right. Masha, Mahashate, or you call him Mahashite. I think he just wanted to swear as well. You said that, correct? <laughs> Or, or is it really Maha Shate? Maha Shate, yeah, I think I might be. But up. I, but I don't, I don't know that that's correct. Don't, don't quote me on Chinese pronunciation. No. All right. Do you know? Have you watched both these gentlemen fight? I've watched everybody on this card fight. 
All right. All right. I did have to look up Justin Berlinson because I had forgotten him. I, I think on last show I told you Johan Lainese um, was a guy who I had had my eye on because he looked yeah. really good at CFFC. Um, and I was like, don't go out and bet on him yet because I haven't seen Berlinson. But we'll talk about that one in a second. All right. So Mahashate Shate. Five and one, three knockouts for his career. Never been finished. He's won five straight fights after dropping his debut. Used to fight at welterweight. This one's down at lightweight. Two inches taller than Esther Madura and seven years younger, plus 310. Esther Madura is 7-0 with four knockouts. The BFL champ in Canada. You know BFL, correct? Yeah, that's a great promotion. Is it Battlefield yep. Fight League? Yeah, I think that's Battle, what it is. Battlefield yeah. Fight League. Yeah, I think it's out west, out in like the Alberta's area, I think. Um if I'm thinking of the right one. Are you, are you quizzing me on, on no. Canadian geography? No, you don't I know Canadian geography. Don't know. Their last event was in Vancouver, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, it is out west. All right, uh, he's at minus 400. Should he be that big of a, a favorite here, or he was when I did these? these he, he, he he probably should be even bigger than that and probably will yeah. be even bigger than that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, like Dan is picking him. That's why. Yeah, right? I, I'm gonna pick him. And, and look, he's like really light on his feet. The really the thing I really like about Achilles is that like he he throws like eight thousand percent every single time he throws. He he bounces in and out. He throws big shots. Uh, and he's fighting a guy. And what I've been able to see from Mahashe is that he his hands are really low all the time. So you've got a guy who throws like a hundred percent power and isn't afraid to get hit. And he's going to fight a guy whose hands are like down around the bottom of his rib cage all the time. I, I think he's just going to blast him like two seconds into this fight. And it's going to be over. Um, like this is, this is a quintessential, like we're, we're talking on Sunday. It's negative 400. It'll be negative 700. Maybe by the time it gets to you. Yet. So leaving his hands down you could say is his Achilles heel, Dan. Ah, uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> oh. All right. So Estra Madura is our pick. Um, and we got Lionese versus Berlinson, as Dan mentioned earlier. That would be for watch weights. That would be Johan Lionese versus Justin Berlinson. Um, Lionese, Canadian. Look out. Nickname White Lion. 7-0, five knockouts. CFFC champ, which we definitely know. That's in your neck of the woods, right, Dan? Uh, south, quite a bit south of me, but probably like yeah. only like five That's hours nice. south of me. There you go. Uh, closer than Atlanta is to you, Dan. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two inches of reach. Two inches of reach over Burlington. He is Canadian. I have in my schedule report here. Plus two ten. Burlington six and zero. Oh. So we got two undefeated fellows here. Two knockouts, four submissions. So everything is a finish for him. He was also. Fought in Beltor, where he's two and zero. I think he's fought in LFA also, right? So he's got a lot of high level experience. For sure. Uh, yep. Uh, five years younger than Lionese, minus two sixty. You going shock again? I am going shock again. Uh, I said I had my eye on Lionese, but uh, I've rewatched Berlinson's uh, early fights too. It was actually a little bit harder to find his Bellator fight. I could have looked up his Cage Warriors fight, but I remembered most of him beating up David Bear. Um, I believe that was part of the first trilogy when. Cage Warriors did the back-to-back-to-back fight cards. Um, but, like, what I saw looking at one of his old Bama fights is he is really, really, really sharp and technical on the feet. Um, part of what people like about Lion AC is that he gets a little bit wild. He gets a little bit crazy. He gets in your face. Um, but, like, I've seen him thwarted before, and not to a loss because he's undefeated, but, like, thwarted momentarily by people who are more technical than him, which is pretty much everybody. He throws these, like, wide-winging shots. 
but like occasionally those land or he lands a goofy flying knee or something like that. But there are moments where like guys who are more technical than him, like Evan Cutts, shut him down for a little bit of time before he lands the big bomb. I think Burlington is good enough to do that shutting down, but do it on a more permanent basis and just kind of beat Lion AC here. All right, there we go. Chalk again. Flyweights. Lun Kui, is that how you, you say this gentleman's name? Or That's Queen how Lung? I'm going to say it. Kui versus, all right, versus Arison Ferreira, Da Silva. Um, da Silva is Gato, which means cat. And Kui Lun does not have a nickname that I know of. Uh, we'll go with Kui first. 13-7, five knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times. He's been submitted two times. Uh, he's won two straight fights. Whip, whoopy damn do. Two straight fights, Dan. Both via finish, though. That's that's a bit better. Two inches taller, six years younger, plus 375. Uh, Gato, which means cat for De Silva, is 10-1 and one with 10 knockouts. Never been finished in the fight. Four straight wins for him. Uh, he's not fought since February of 2020, though. Minus 500. All right. Is this one of your crazy picks, Dan, or you go on chalk again? This is one of my crazy picks. I'm really? I'm taking the biggest underdog on the card, but I'm taking the biggest yeah. underdog on the card coming out of the Performance Institute in China, which has been a big no-no in the past, right? They're 0-3 in Contender Series. They were 1-2 one in, one in, in that uh, Jacksonville fight card. In general, they've looked bad, and maybe that's why Lunquia is coming in here, but Arison Ferreira... It, maybe this is more of a fade of him than anything else, but I watched uh, his most recent fight against Lucas Rodriguez, um, and I, I don't think he was even really winning that fight. He he got a doctor stoppage from, like, a bad cut, but, like, there he wasn't doing most of the damage. He I'll, I'll say this. He looks truly terrible on his feet. He doesn't look like a good striker. I think his path to victory here is to take down Lunqui, who I've noticed in the fights I've seen of his, has really good takedown defense. Um, so I think as long as he keeps his feet, he's way faster, way sharper on the feet. And uh, especially if I'm looking for value plays on this card, and I see a guy who's been off at negative 300, and, and we've seen these numbers on contender series. You see these guys at negative 350 or negative 400, and then they just balloon up to negative 1,000. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens with Kui. I, if I'm making this wager, I might wait until almost, you know, Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening, see if this guy is plus 600, because I'll tell you what, I think he's got the skills to tag him on the feet. I think he's got the skills to win a stand-up battle here. He's faster. As long as he avoids the ground with Ferreira, I, I think he's going to win this fight. And so get that big dog money when you can. All righty. Featherweights. Kanan Kawaihei. Kawaihei? That that sounds right to me, yeah. Kawhi. It's like Kawhi Leonard uh, with <laughs> hay at the end of it. Kawhi hay uh, versus Jonas Bilharino. Bilharino is that right? Bilharino. Yeah, that that Bilharino. sounds right. Yeah. I'm not butchering things. It's disappointing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a little bit bummed that this whole card has nothing that you managed to butcher. Although nope. there's one there's one more that you could. Um, yep. And 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 no hard hard Brazilian R in there too. Nope. <laughs> Bill Harino is uh, nicknamed Shiva. He's 8-1-1, one, one, six knockouts, one submission. Uh, his one loss came via knockout. Um, his last win was via knockout, that, but that was way back in October of 2019, plus 110. Kawaihe, 6-1 with one no contest, one knockout, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's won two straight fights. He fought in Bellator where he's 1-0. He also fought in the Contender Series where he lost his fight. Who did he lose to? He lost Chase Hooper. Okay, very good. Um, no shame there. Uh, he's inch taller, seven years younger, minus 130. Who we got here? 
I think I like Kawhi. Um, the the reason I like him is because you know that that loss to Chase Hooper maybe it aged worse than you would think it did. Um, because he got out grappled by him, uh, and when you get out grappled by Chase Hooper, and then you see all these guys in the UFC not get out grappled by Chase Hooper, it looks kind of bad. Um, but I think that seems to be his only big weakness is that like maybe his takedown defense is not as good as we think it is. And then he followed that up by picking up a very quick submission win on somebody who shot a fast takedown on him last time, sunk in a ninja choke, put him to sleep in like, I think 20 seconds or something like that in LFA. So, uh, I, I think he's working on that. And in addition to that, I don't think Bill Arn, Bill Arne, Ooh, look at that. Now you're saying yeah. I'm right and I'm saying I'm wrong. What is wrong with the word? Bill Harino, he's not the type of guy who's going to take you down. He wants to strike. He's a little bit sloppier than Kwahe on the feet as well. So, yeah, I like Kwahe, and I think negative 130 is a nice number to get him at, too. Um, This is one of the ones where if I told you, you know, go get the number while it's here, that might be one of the ones I tell you to go get the number while it's here because I don't know that it will stay down at negative 130. So you heard, go get the number while it's here, everybody. And then we got uh, opener flyweights Zifa Shang versus Juan Puerto, Puerta. Puerta is Leadfeather. Puerta. Puerta is Leadfeather. And Shang is Dongbai Flying Tiger. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Shang, 13, these two have a lot of experience. Uh, Shang, 32 and 7, four knockouts, 19 submissions. He's got 20 straight wins. Uh, he won via KO his last fight, plus 165. I take it he's not performance center with that much experience under his belt. You know, I think he's probably um, he's got all of that experience, and and I can't I can't tell you this for sure because I, I don't know I don't know anything about the, the Chinese Performance Center. I don't think they let us know anything about the Chinese Performance Center. I think he probably, if you look at his record, um, you know, like all of the guys in the Chinese Performance Center seem to fight out of WLF. Right. Um, yeah. And and if you look at his record, he's got a whole bunch of wins and a whole bunch of regional uh, promotions like Chin Wu Men. MMA, um, but then right when the performance center opens, he starts fighting for WLF. Okay. Um, so I'm okay. I'm guessing a lot of the, that time was not with the Chinese performance center, but I think since he's moved there. Okay, gotcha. And then Poeta Leadfeather, twenty-two and six, one knockout, twelve submissions. So we got a couple of submission guys going up against each other. He's won eleven straight fights. He won via submission his last fight. Two inches taller, five inches of reach, two years younger, minus one eighty. Are you taking Shang? Because you mentioned that you're going to go with a couple of people that Jong may not want to pick. I am going with Shang here. And I, really? I think I think this is one that I think people should give more look to. Because Shang, first of all, he's a, he's a kickboxer, too. Um, you know, oh, you yeah? mentioned all the submissions. He looks really, truly good on the feet. Um, and he's got some really good wins in there. I, I know we're, like, digging a little bit deeper into his record to see this because it is a long record. But you've seen um, in the UFC how good Shalgas Shumagulov has looked. Shalgas Shumagulov got beat by by Shang back in the day. Um, and it, it, it was long ago. It was like five years ago, but like not all that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And we just watched Shumagulov go in there and just destroy Jerome Rivera. He's got to win over Tegir Lombikov. He's got to win over uh, Ali Bagawatinov. He's got to win over Tyson Nam. But he doesn't have a win over Shang. Right, like Shang went out there and dealt with Shumagulov's wrestling, out kickboxed him, wrestled him himself. He's fast and really good. The thing about Puerta for me, I, I think if Puerta can get it to the mat, it becomes more of a fifty-fifty fight. 
But if it stays standing, I, I really like Shang here. So with him being plus money and at worst this being a 50-50 fight, I think the smart money here is on Shang too. And, and look at that. Two Chinese Performance Institute picks. <laughs> wow. And they're big. Both dogs also. Um, any props, parlays, anything that needs to be mentioned or not? Yeah, I, I think if you are looking for a prop uh, to make one of these sweeter, and, and I don't have the numbers in front of me because I don't see them posted yet, but Achilles Esther Madura is, should be a finished prop. Um, okay. Take it by TKO. Take it by TKO as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, I would also take uh, Kenan Kawaii inside the distance. I, I think he's going to finish Jonas Bilardo, uh no matter where it goes. Like, I think he could do it on the feed. I think he could submit him. I, I think I think both of those are smart finish props. Um, and if I was looking to parlay, which obviously you guys love to do as well, we can't do the big, you know, 10 to 1, but... I think Berlinson should be the, the cornerstone to any parlay that you start. And, and Kanan Kwai sort of makes sense to pair him with, too, because if you put, you know, the numbers you quoted me on those two together, you're going to get it at, like, plus 150. And th- those two seem like maybe two of the safer picks on the card, with the exception of, obviously, Achilles, who's negative 400 and will be negative 1,000 by the time you actually get him. So, um, yeah, th- th- that'd probably be my play for Contender Series. Excellent. Uh, who's getting contracts? That's a great question. Um, I sort of assume Achilles will because he's going to come out and just throw like a wild man. Um, it would be a bad choice on the UFC's part to pass on Berlinson, but he almost kind of feels like uh, – who was the other British guy they passed on? Um, Brandon – oh, I'm going to say his last name line. It looks like Log Magny, but it's, it's not – Lochnir. I think it's something like yeah. that. You, you say something that is clearly not what the letters are saying. But, like, no. Berlinson almost Lock feels Nane? like that. Like, Lognane? It looks like Lognane. I know it's not Lognane. Um, <laughs> Berlinson looks like that guy. He, he, like, is going to be really technical and smart, but, like, kind of fun. And he's also probably going to shoot some, like, safety takedowns to beat a guy who's, like, a wild brawler. And he's not going to brawl with the wild brawler. It would be wrong for the UFC to pass on him, but I almost feel like they might. Um, I would say my my sure things are Achilles and, and Kawhi should should both get contracts. And then the other ones it sort of depend on just how good they look. He does love signing somebody who got a big upset win. And both of the two Chinese fighters who I did pick are flyweights. And he's also always talking about needing flyweights. So, um, right. they, 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 if they do pull off the upsets, they do seem like safe picks to, to win contracts. Plus it would be fi- finally one of our performance people won. It's definitely give them a contract. So yeah, I can see that happening. Yep. All right. Um, you, you greedy listeners have taken enough of Dan's day away from him. Like he's trying to chill in hot Atlanta and is it hot in hot Atlanta right now, Dan? No, it's, it's actually quite, quite, cold here it was like 50 this morning or something like that yeah it's not warm at all (laughs) as cold as the astros bats perhaps dan i'd like them to be a little colder if possible a little colder especially especially altuve altuve could be be a little colder if we we need it do you have good seats tonight i I haven't asked you that no they're they're i I can't afford good seats unless more of my picks start hitting (laughs) yes it's true how did you get tickets to begin with wasn't it sold out um, no, secondary so I, I, uh, I, I actually didn't have to wind up even going to the secondary market. Uh, the, if you're a Braves fan, you get like the Braves email, the Braves fan letter, and it's like 
there's still a couple of seats left uh, wow. for Braves newsletter people only. Uh, and I got in the waiting room and it was like, you are, they like randomly assign you a number and my number was insanely low, luckily. Amazing. Hopefully the luck continues tonight and and Dan gets his World Series victory. And then we'll, hopefully we'll see you on TV running on the field and being the <laughs> and, and afterwards ripping, tearing the tearing the town apart. So hopefully we'll see that. Um, that like I said, that, that's enough. That's enough. Uh, you get in on all, all those picks of Dan, uh, especially Achilles. Get in on those now. Um, it's like you hear this, and if you're listening to us on the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, then you can get in on it right away because you got this as soon as we dropped it. Um, make sure you. Come back on Wednesday where we'll have picks for another pay-per-view. We're back with another pay-per-view already, UFC 268. From MSG, UFC's annual trip to New York. Um, and we'll tell you how great we did on the Contender Series, and hopefully we'll have ideas on how we're going to fill the, our Contender <laughs> Series uh, uh, spot in our podcast um, rather than just rambling about nonsense. So um, follow me, Jeff Fox Writer, on Twitter. And thank me for my, for my picks, please. And follow Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. Read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. And Dan will take us home. Danimal. <laughs> I'm David Gumby Vreeland. He is – let's go back to Juicy Jeff Fox. And yep. we'll see you on Wednesday.